Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 41 for Wednesday, February 21st, 2018. How are you doing, guys? Welcome back, listeners. Welcome, new listeners. Uh, we got lots to talk about this week. I'll be talking about, uh, you know, the promotions that I was doing over the course of the last week. I saw the Black Panther movie, bought myself some uh, single malt scotches. You know, watching a little bit of Olympics, even though this time I didn't think I would be uh, watching some of the Olympics. And of course, I'll read your emails. So lots of things going on this week in the show. And as far back as last Wednesday, um, Valentine's Day. How was your Valentine's Day, guys? Did you have a good day? Did you do something fun? You know, if you were by yourself, how did you make the, you know, singles day happen? You know, and pass without too much uh, personal heartache. <laughs> Um, I spent Valentine's day in a liquor store, which funny, uh, the way that is said, um, I was actually doing promo for a, uh, a whiskey, a craft whiskey company. Funny, but it's like, uh, I spent it uh, single and in a liquor store. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm eating. Uh, I was eating some dark chocolate covered coffee beans. Now I got little fucking coffee grounds in my throat. Really smart of me. I'm very good at sabotaging this podcast right off the bat. Mm. Perhaps the water will help. Um, yeah, so I, I actually spent Valentine's day at, uh, the LCBO, the liquor control board of Ontario is what we call it. Cause we have liquor stores here, uh, in Ontario, it's not all just like liquor shops, although they are starting to carry uh, alcohol and grocery stores now, which is fantastic. Um, anywho, we were promoting a product called Cavi free plug for them. It is a coffee infused whiskey, a craft, uh, craft whiskey made entirely in Ontario. They take coffee, they cold brew it. And then the coffee is added to the, uh, the whiskey blend. They are aged together in oak barrels. And then, uh, they use natural cane sugar, uh, to sweeten it. So it's real sugar, real coffee, real whiskey. Everything is made, uh, in Ontario. So that's the product that I was sampling was Cavi. And it's actually quite nice. Uh, it has almost a little bit of a, uh, sort of Kahlua ish taste, um, you know, not to try to compare it with something else, but to give you some sort of frame of reference. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. I, uh, was doing <laughs> LCBO tasting. Of course it is in the downtown area. I was on Rideau street. So for anyone local to auto, of course, they'll know where that one is, but anyone who's not, it's actually, uh, maybe one or two blocks away from three separate homeless shelters. And, um, uh, we had a lot of those people, uh, the, the unfortunates, the lonely on Valentine's day. Um, who were just coming in and, uh, you know, having free samples. And of course, um, the, the, you know, promotional company got a, a huge platter of like meats and cheeses to taste as long, uh, as well as, you know, the whiskey and, uh, and these lovely people, uh, were just standing at my table grazing. Um, you know, no, not like not even any conversation. This is this, I'm a little hung up on this and I'm so sorry that like, right out of the bat, I'm kicking the podcast off with this, but I, I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. I, I feel, I don't even know if there's a politically correct term for homeless people. I mean, homeless people, I feel like I can get in shit no matter what I do nowadays. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I mean, you guys are listening. That's what you get for listening to me run my mouth. Um, I don't mind that people are hungry. I really don't, you know? Um, and I don't mean, I don't give a shit that people are hungry. I'm saying like, I get it. They're hungry and I've given away free food. I got it. Feel free to come over here, grab a cup, you know, a couple pieces of things, food, you know, cheese, meat, whatever. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, keep it moving. Um, these people would come over and just, you know, take a shot of whiskey, 
You know, like I'm, I'm basically like, uh, most people would, would let me explain to you, you know, to them what I just explained to you about, you know, how the coffee, how the, the whiskey is made, how the coffee is infused and then try it once they got it. These people, I'd be like, yeah, so it's cavy. It's uh da, 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 and I'd hand it to them and they just boom down the hatch. No attempt to taste it or anything like that. And again, I get it. I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, yeah, Josh, the fucking homeless are probably all rummies. I try not to judge people that way, but the idea would be like, boom, down the hatch and then just stand there, you know, not make eye contact or make nothing but eye contact whilst just grabbing food. And I took like, um, I know there's gonna be a lot of people. So I brought, you know, toothpicks so that everyone wasn't touching all of the food. They would, they would sample from what was already sort of provisioned, um, you know. If it had a toothpick in it, go ahead and help yourself and I'll put more in as necessary. Um, yeah, but these people just pause on everything, grabbing and, and grazing and just standing there eating. And um, I guess the issue that I had was, you know, my heart is, yeah, I get it. You're hungry and I, I, I've got food here. I want to feed you. However, um, I'm here representing a company and that company is paying me to get as many people to try their product as possible and i can't do that when you're standing right at the table blocking everything and just eating what's there for you know potential paying customers i don't know this whole telling this whole thing makes me feel like a piece of shit but you know what again at the end of the day i'm, I'm being paid to promote the product i can't do that when you know there's two or three homeless people just blocking my table and just eating stuff they're not buying anything they're just eating and eating and eating and eating um so you know, a couple of times I just said, all right, guys, well, thank you so much. I actually have to grab the, the tray a couple of times and just lift it up and put it underneath the thing. So like it wasn't there anymore, which sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be that guy, but nonetheless, I did that. I had one woman, um, try, you know, was, oh, what is that? What is that? Oh, with whiskey. Okay. Oh, I like coffee. Yeah. And then she took the shot. Uh, and again, shot it as opposed to sipping it, took the shot and then was like, oh, I, I can't do whiskey. Bleh. Like, like just gag and right over the tray of food. She didn't throw up, but she's gagging and she's, she's gagging towards the food, not away from it. Like any normal human being, but as soon as she's like, oh, and then like leans over the food and, and has the second dry heave. It's like. Is that really where, like, of all the places that you could barf, barf on the bottles, I can wash them off. You're going to barf on the food. Anyways. <laughs> Fuck it. No matter how hard I try, this podcast always ends up me being bitching about something. I just, I guess the thing was, um, <laughs> I didn't have a very good Valentine's Day. No, I, I, you know what? I had lots of good experiences with people there that evening too. I just, I think the ones that stood out to me was the stuff that, you know, on a day that's uh, got so many heart shapes around it, um, my heart just kind of felt bad for, for some people, you know, um, as much as I would have been like, ah, you know what? Go ahead and just eat. I, I had a job to do. And, uh, you know, I wasn't doing that when my, when my table was, you know, being occupied by, by people who weren't going to be clients, you know? So that sort of sucked again. I, I feel bad for, uh. I feel bad for the less fortunate, um, you know, and as, as my time there grew, grew shorter near the end, as it was coming towards, I, I let some of those people eat a lot more cause I knew I wasn't going to need a lot of it. You know, once I knew there was stuff left, it was like, all right, go ahead. But ah, how is episode number 141, Josh? Oh, you know, not bad. I basically just bitch about homeless people. Like they're a thorn in my side, whatever. Fuck. I hope that you guys get what I'm saying. All right. I'm not trying to fucking bitch about them, but, um, 
It's funny whenever you're doing something. I love doing promo. It didn't it didn't make me upset that I was doing the promo job. I wasn't hating the job. I was just like, ah, this is, you know, didn't didn't really think when these companies from Toronto picked the locations to do demos and, you know, uh, Friday night or whatever it was was it Friday? No, it was Wednesday. Whatever <laughs> Valentine's Day at night, most couples are going to restaurants, but you know who's going to be in the liquor stores at that particular location? Anyways, they don't they don't necessarily think that stuff, but. I, uh, I did that up. I came home and all the roomies were here. Jason had his lovely girlfriend, Noreen over and, uh, you know, the Kamar was here. Everybody was playing games. Look at this. Say a house where everyone was mocking me for playing board games. I come home to find them playing board games unsolicited by myself. So sat down with the roomies, had, uh, had a couple drinks, played some games and, uh, and that was my Valentine's day. I think I can't remember what the hell I did during the day. I think I just prepped for the, the tasting, but um, you know, it was, uh, it was a Valentine's day. I, I'd still love to know how your guys went. Send me uh, an email, right? Contact at one man podcast.com. Just tell me what your Valentine's day was like. You know, did you do something new? Did you do the whole, uh, oh, it's Valentine's day. I guess at some point I'll have to, you know, pick up some roses and a box of chocolates and phone it in again. Huh? Are you that fucking guy? Or do you have that fucking guy as your significant other? Right. Or did you take the initiative and go, you know what? I'm taking back Valentine's day. It's 2018 and I'm a powerful woman. I'm going to fucking surprise him on Valentine's day. Did you do that? All right. Well, then none of us can bitch. Uh, <laughs> I just assume the answer is no, but if you were, why don't you send in an email and tell me where to fuck myself? Right. And be like, here, Josh, this is where you stick it. I fucking did take back Valentine's day. I wrangled that whole shit. Anyways, uh, um, Thursday went to work, the mobile shop. It was a day of work. Nothing special. You know, again, it's retail learning a little bit more, getting a little more comfortable. Um, but Thursday night, oh baby, I went to go see Black Panther. I can't remember what I did with my evening. I'm, I'm starting to get that way a lot now where I'm, things are happening and I'm not really sure what the fuck is going on. Uh, I look back on the day before and go, what the hell did I do yesterday? I know I did stuff, you know, didn't, didn't have fun. <laughs> what did I do though? And, um, I came home and I did some work again. I'm still trying to get my taxes done. There's so much shit. Uh, to do with taxes, so much paperwork. And I, I'm honestly, I'm turning into uh, just like a child mentality in the sense that like, I get distracted so easily. Again, I was trying to talk about Black Panther and I've got off in three different directions since. All I'm trying to say is um, I'm getting stuff done. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little happier, getting a little more free time um, that I'm definitely delegating to other things. But, um, you know, I had a good time. I, speaking of, of Valentine's Day, actually, something I forgot to say, speaking of, uh, you know, my new whiskey habits is, um, I spoke with some people there. I actually had a fucking, what am I tired? I forgot the best part of Valentine's Day. I, when I was done my shift, uh, they were having a wine tasting thing, uh, I guess class or whatever uh, at the LCBO that I was at. And it finished right around the same time that I did, but I had made friends with a couple of the staff members as I do. And we, uh, they were saying, Hey, you want to try some wines? You know? And I was like, fuck yeah. Free wine. You goddamn right. Uh, so I tried, uh, some really, really nice reds. Um, I had a Cabernet Sauvignon called Hess, uh, H E S S super, super good. About 25 bucks bottle available at the LCBO. Um, and it was really, really good. I tried, um, I think it was a Cab Shiraz that was pretty nice. I don't even remember what it was called. After a few glasses, I started forgetting what the names of stuff was. But uh, there was some really, really nice reds there. Anyways, regardless, the uh, sommelier there who's teaching everybody. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. I would say sommelier, which sounds like I'm saying Somalian, But sommelier, uh, a you know wine uh, connoisseur, if you will. 
uh, or a wine instructor. He, uh, I, I said to him, Hey man, like, do you know much about scotches? And he was like, yeah, actually I, I do know quite a bit about scotches. Um, so I spoke with him about getting, you know, I wanted to get myself a nice bottle of scotch to celebrate certain milestones, right? Every time I lose a certain amount of weight or something like that, I wanted to celebrate with something that, uh, you know, that a gentleman might drink. You know, something to look forward to, something fine enough to continue to give motivation to achieve said goals, to enjoy said thing. So I spoke with him and I bought a bottle of uh, Akintoshin, uh, three barrel, I believe is the brand or, or the, uh, the, the, the edition. It's a, uh, yeah, three barrel Akintoshin, uh, scotch, single malt scotch. I'm looking forward to trying it. I have not tried it yet. Uh, I ran about 95 bucks for the bottle. But, uh, again, based on what it's supposed to be and how much you pay, if you want just a nice, you know, shot of single malt scotch in a restaurant, I'm like, you know what? This is well worth it. I'm, I'm celebrating it's Valentine. I'll be honest. It's probably just lonely on Valentine's day. I needed a little pick me up, but regardless I bought it, uh, and I'm really looking forward to trying it. So yeah, when I got home, uh, with the roomies, I, uh, I might've been a little bit inebriated. Um, but, uh, regardless, I had a good night, uh, on Thursday, I, uh, I did work and then I went to go see the, uh, black Panther with my mama. She, uh, she's, uh, you know, her and I are looking to, to spend time together. I think she's starting to feel like she's not going to be around very long. My mom's 64 and just in the last little while, she's been just saying, you know, she's not going to be around forever. She's going to die soon, whatever. And not necessarily like, like not in a guilt trippy way or anything, but just, you know, my mom is, is, is interested in spending more time and. I'll be honest with you. There's enough shit floating around Facebook and social media and stuff. Stories of people who, uh, you know, had a parent or whatever, who, you know, was trying to spend time with them and they're just too busy, too busy. And that's definitely how I feel at times too busy, you know, and then, uh, you wake up one day and, uh, and they're gone and, uh, and then it eats away at your soul. Um, you know, if you're a human being, uh, just, you know, all the time you wish that you could spend with them. So as it stands right now, my, my mom is just making little, you know, little, little comments and things here and there. Um, Again, not in a guilt way, but just, you know, she just wants to do stuff. So, um, I've been looking for more opportunities. Like, as you guys know, I do, uh, I try to take her grocery shopping on the weekends, but of course with the, uh, the jobs and the sporadic hours, it, it's, it's been harder and harder to do that. Um, so she had just mentioned, I think we were out a week prior. We went to go see the greatest showman or whatever, just on a, you know, Hey, what are you up to? Nothing. All right, let's go see a movie. Well, uh, when we went to go see that, we bought our tickets for, uh, for black Panther and she loves the Marvel movies. And, uh, as goofy as this sound, my mom has a, a thing for, uh, for black guys. She finds them very attractive. My mom used to, uh, mention about, uh, what was it? Uh, Billy, not Billy D Williams. It was it Billy D Williams. He's the guy who played Lando Calrissian. No, but Carl Weathers. My mom used to say that there was a show like from like the, the eighties or nineties where Carl Weathers, he's the guy who played Apollo Creed. Um, and the guy who played his son was in black Panther. How about that? Um, but yes, the, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, Carl Weathers, how he was like, uh, there was this, this show on in the fucking eighties or nineties where the intro was like him showering and it was like just the soap lathering over his muscles and stuff. My mom was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> this is so fucking hilarious. The idea of my, my mother being sexually excited. I don't know if I, I made a note to talk about on my podcast, how I wanted to get my mom, uh, a gigolo just cause my mom has been like years without sex. I don't even know if I actually told you guys the story, but guess what? I'm going to tell it again right now. How comfortable am I with my, the idea of my mother fucking that I'm willing to, uh, to say this, of course, you know, <laughs> asterisks in the, uh, whole black Panther synopsis, <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah, I like my, I, I think my mom has been single for years and years and years. And, uh, it's funny too, because like, <laughs> this is the weirdness of me. Hey, if it's your first time listening to the one man podcast, uh, this is the kind of stuff you can expect. My mom growing up, uh, like never had vibrators or dildos. This is such a weird thing to talk about. And I remember asking her like, like, mom, do you masturbate? Uh, you know, as a six year old, it was the first question I ever know. Um, <laughs> I just look like, what is it about your parents fucking that's so weird. They're people, right? But I think I remember asking my mom, um, like, you know, hey, do you have dildos or vibrators? Like I never went through her shit. You know what I mean? Like that's the last thing that you want to find when going through your parents' drawers is your your mom's fucking pleasure device. Blech. It still disgusts me as a thought, but I'm just saying, like, realistically, you know, I, I know she's a person too. People have urges. Um I think I told the story a few weeks back on stage of like the time my brother and I walked in on my mom fucking, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is fucking weird, but I'm having so much fun telling you guys. And guess what? I don't think I'm going to tell you the story about what her response was to asking her if she masturbates or has a dildo or the story of when we walked in on her fucking, um, I might actually have to get you guys to ask <laughs> if you want to hear that story. So there you go. I'm going to fucking pull, uh, pull the plug on, that weirdness. But, uh, regardless, my mother attracted to black guys. I was very excited to see, um, black Panther. So we went, you know, some fucking mother sent. <laughs> I might have to just go back through the notes of the other podcasts and see if I've told you guys any of these weird stories. Uh, I definitely know I didn't tell you the one where I walked in and having sex. Excuse me for yawning right in your ear. Um, Black Panther was a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's up with me right now. I'm I'm all over the map mentally, and I really want to tell you guys some weird fucking stories. But at the same time, I have sponsors, and I don't think any one of them would want to be associated with the stories that I would tell. Um, however, my mom's a fucking weirdo, and she would be more than happy for me to tell weird stories <laughs> about her. Just She would just love the attention. Um, regardless... I, uh, we went to go see the movie guys. Black Panther is an amazing movie. All, all weirdness aside going right into the story. Um, what a fantastic movie. We actually, uh, went with, um, a, my, a friend of my mom's from work, uh, came with us Well, he wasn't able to get a ticket, uh, you know, with us, but he was a different part of the theater. Um, Manny, he was, he was great. Um, we went to go see the movie and, uh, it, it was fantastic. It's, uh, I, I don't, I don't know anything about the Black Panther, uh, going into the movie, um, I know sort of, you know, that he's from Wakanda. I know that Wakanda is hidden and it's very technologically advanced. That's where vibranium comes from. Um, but that's, that's sort of about it going into it. So it was kind of cool for me to see, um, you know, a new superhero in the Marvel universe that, uh, that doesn't have a whole, like there's not a lot been, you know, in cartoons and, and movies and stuff like that thus far. Um, very similar to the way when Marvel introduced the guardians of the galaxy movies that not a lot of people, you know, uh, who weren't, who weren't comic book readers, um, was overly familiar with those characters. And it ended up being a great movie, great story, everything like that. Well, Black Panther was no different. So anyone who's kind of on the fence of whether or not they want to see this movie, um, if you were somebody who was, you know, didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy was incredibly, you know, pleasantly surprised, I can say the same thing, uh, for Black Panther. The characters are amazing. There's so much culture, uh, in that movie, um, strong, strong characters, nothing, uh, hokey. Um, 
nothing uh, stereotypical. I mean, I, again, as always, I'm never sure if you guys want me to talk about the storyline. The idea is that um, the Black Panther character, you know, no, I'll do this spoiler free. Um, T'Challa has uh, basically, if you saw him in Civil War, um, he's returned to Wakanda. His father has, you know, has has died um, as a result of things that happened in Civil War. And, uh, and it's now his, his time to, you know, become King of Wakanda. And, um, and what people don't know about Wakanda is that Wakanda is incredibly technologically advanced based on the fact that the vibranium, the, the world's, you know, most precious metal, uh, there's a very, very large deposit of it underneath Wakanda. Um, and they use this technology for all sorts of things. The Black Panther's suit, um, Captain America's shield is made of vibranium, um, and they've got all sorts of different technologies and, and medical advancements and all uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable, the entire thing. Um, and of course there's, you know, a, a good backstory again, without giving anything away. Um, the idea is Wakanda is threatened because other people, you know, very few people have been there, know its secrets, um, and, and are trying to, to take the vibranium, you know, for themselves, obviously they want what, what, uh, Wakanda has. And for, you know, centuries, they've remained very, you know, quiet. Nobody knows that they're there. They actually use like a cloaking device around the city itself. So it just looks like trees, you know, like lush forest. And it turns out, you know, they just fly right into the trees and then boom, they go through the shield and see, you know, Wakanda for what it really is. Um, regardless, great, great story, great characters. There's some, there's some very decent humor in it, but they, they did it without making the movie hokey and, uh, and seem silly, you know. At the same time, it's like, you know, it's, it's good, good comic relief, but at the same time, very strong characters, very, very good acting, um, you know, strong female leads as well. Um, and a great movie to have come out in black history month. I, I, I gotta say amazing, amazing movie. Um, top to bottom. I love it. It's definitely one of the best Marvel movies that's, that's come out thus far. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, if you, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, or at least put it on your list to, to, to see before it's at a theaters. Cause it was wicked, wicked cool movie. Um, but Hey, if you're not a Marvel fan, let's move past that. Um, I did two more tastings, uh, for, uh, for the cavi, uh, whiskey. I did one on Friday. Uh, I did that at college square and I had a good time just sort of, you know, puttered around, uh, <laughs> you know, de dealt with college kids and stuff like that. So uh, that one was, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, sold a lot of bottles, uh, that night, uh, again, had a great time. I love working for, uh, for karma casting. They're the, the company that, 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 you know, the promo company that I work for that has these gigs. Um, there's another one that I work for too. splash splash was the one that I did, uh, the, uh, PlayStation VR one, uh, you know, back at Christmas time. And of course we could go, um, and right now I'm working for, uh, for karma doing, uh, doing the scotch tastings and I've got some pet stuff with them coming up. That'll be doing more events for pets. So, um, I'm having fun. Uh, I'm enjoying doing these things. They're only like four hour, you know, intervals, which pay about as much as eight or nine hours elsewhere. So having fun, I'm having fun. People, you know, meeting people, having a good time, uh, people enjoying the products. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I get to be me. Um, I did one too in, uh, in Bell's corners and, uh, at Bell's corners, uh, same, same thing. Very, very nice. Um, good people there. I got myself my second bottle of scotch. Um, I bought myself a, I believe it's called Bowmore's, uh, Bomer 12 year, uh, single malt scotch whiskey. Very, uh, very nice. I'm looking forward to trying that one out as well. Again, I, I only, uh, I only tried one scotch so far. Actually, sorry, I, that's, that's completely wrong. I tried three scotches this week, but I only tried one of the ones that I bought, uh, this week. So, uh, 
yeah, I did the uh, the Bell's Corners one. I bought a bottle of Bowmore's. It was uh, actually on sale. And it's 12 years old, so uh, I thought I'd go with that. Apparently, so here's a little piece of information that I've learned. Again, spending a lot of time in liquor stores over the last week. Um, it was hard to, to not, you know, leave with, with some wine. Um, I actually bought a bottle of uh, Barefoot. That's uh, California wine. Barefoot wine. I bought a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, but anyways, um, so apparently there's a nice little rule of thumb that uh, any any single malt scotch that's less than 12 years old is like, eh. You know what I mean? You could find them there. There's not a whole lot of taste to them in terms of just, um, let's say differences, differences or, or uniqueness to them. It's all kind of very similar. Um, you know, it's kind of like vodka, right? All vodka just tastes like his mouth burning, but then, you know, once you hit a certain price point, you start to really taste the differences in, uh, you know, in the vodka, there's, there's a, a smoothness and stuff like that. Well, Scotch is no different. So apparently 12 years, uh, old or, or, you know, older is good. And then apparently 15 years, um, so anywhere between 12 and 15, 12, it starts to have, uh, you know, some, some good, uh, value to it 15 and above. That's when it starts to get really, uh, really unique, really flavorful. So regardless, $12 or sorry, 12 year old bottle of Bowmore's, uh, I paid $59 for, uh, regularly 67. So happy about that. I haven't tried it yet though, to see, uh, and I bought a bottle of barefoot Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, one of the things that after spending all this time, you know, in the liquor stores and stuff is, is that I've, I've talked to some people recently. Um, I told you guys that I got uh, some wine, uh, I'm making wine at, uh, at Mosca wines. So I haven't bottled that yet. Cause it's not ready when it is, I will tell you guys about that, but I'm, I'm really enjoying drinking wine. I, again, a lot of sort of sitting around at the house having, uh, you know, drinks and stuff like that. I'm enjoying just the, uh, being able to, to sit and have a glass of wine. You know, I don't want to drink the beer. It's a lot of calories. I don't feel well the next day. Um, but to sit and, you know, play games and socialize with, uh, with a glass of wine is nice. I've even started to, uh, when I'm reading, uh, I'll, I'll have just a glass of wine as well. I enjoy it more something sipping. And I think that's what I'm starting to really enjoy about scotch too, is it's a drink that I can sip on that has a lot of flavor and character versus, you know, chugging, you know, nonsense loggers kind of thing. Anywho, blah, blah, blah. All that to say is that, um, after I left the, uh, my last tasting at the, the LCBO and Bell's Corners. Oh, I apologize. I was talking about the wine. Sorry guys. I really, I really do apologize for the all over the place with my brain. Since I've been getting into scotches and things like that, I've been, you know, getting books from uh, sponsors at DK. Thank you very much. My friend Dave also bought me a DK single malt scotch book. So they're, they're two different ones. Um, I'm learning about scotches. Well, I, I've talked to people as of late sharing my interest in, in wine and the different wines and stuff. And apparently quite a few other comedians that I know and, and other people have been taking uh, like a sommelier course um, right here in Ottawa at Algonquin you know, to basically appreciate wine and to be able to, to, you know, learn the subtle differences and things like that. So the reason I I'm sort of bringing this up is that I, I think I too would like to do that. I've been looking for something, you know, um, hobby ish. I don't think drinking counts as a hobby, but, um, what I mean is something to just sort of fill the time, something to, to create a little bit of routine and stableness. And I'm thinking that I might uh, be interested in, in trying that course to just learn, you know, just a, something to specialize in. Um, so I'm going to look into that. I just, uh, I thought I'd bring that up. I've been enjoying wine a lot lately and, uh, I'm thinking, you know what? I wouldn't mind taking, uh, 
sort of like a wine appreciation course, actually learning how to tell the differences between wines and where they're from and the types of grapes and everything like that. So that's something that, uh, that I think I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, leaving, leaving, uh, Bell's Corners LCBO, my last shift doing the promo for the, uh, the whiskey, I, uh, spoke with Jason and, uh, him and his lovely girlfriend were at a place in, uh, close to our house called Bowman's. And we uh, decided to go there. You know, they were already there. I decided to meet up with them, have a, you know, have a couple of drinks. I tried uh, a Glenmorangie scotch and a Macallan scotch. I preferred the Glenmorangie over the uh, Macallan, um, but that was just a regular, just a regular Macallan, regular Glenmorangie um, or Morangie, however, however it's said. But uh, yeah, we sat, we played uh, Catan. I had a burger there. Like it was just kind of like a hanging out after the thing, but it was funny because what we didn't realize uh, was that uh, they were having an open mic night there. So at one point, you know, they just they had some guys playing guitar and whatnot. And, uh, and then at one point the guy, the host says, all right, and guys, we got some, some comedy coming up later on. And, uh, and Jay and I just sort of looked at each other. Because we've both, you know, as comedians have been to a hundred open mics and this was like, you know, maybe 10 people in the room. And so we were just looking at each other, like how horrible would it be for that comedian to just come up here and perform in front of this many people? You know, it's just what, what, what would, what would be gained by that? You know, what, what kind of stage time is this? Anyways, um, (laughs) yeah, the night was going good. We played our, our Catan. We actually played with the owner of the place, but he was serving, so, you know, we, Noreen, Jason, and myself would take our turn and then we would wait five to 10 minutes for him to come take his turn, you know? And then two minutes later, all three of us had taken our turns and then we wait 10 minutes for him. And here's the thing. He fucking beat us. The owner of the goddamn bar beat us. So I was looking at Jason going, okay, so the best strategy to the game is only play once every 10 minutes, you know, and that's how you win. But, uh, once, once the comedian kid was on, he's this new guy. He's only been doing comedy for a little while. Uh, I, I spoke to him afterwards. And and it looked it it looked it it was it was rough. Jason is, looks at me and he goes, "Oh my god, I couldn't I couldn't fucking you couldn't fucking pay me to do a spot in a room like this." He goes, "It's fucking awful." And I was like, "Yeah, like I I I go, yeah, I agree. Like just just that it's awful to do the one night." He goes, "I'll give you fucking sixty bucks right now." And goes, "I'll give you sixty bucks right now if you go up and do six minutes." I go, "Done." <laughs> He's like, "I don't give a shit. I'll go do six minutes for sixty dollars. That covers my entire tab and then some." So he goes, yeah, he pulls up the money. Jason slaps it right in my hand. He goes, oh, okay, all right, all right you got to do seven minutes. And he's right up the, up the time. Not that it's a big deal, but you know, okay, you got to do seven minutes and you got to tell at least one joke. All right. You can't just talk to the fucking crowd the whole time. Cause that's what I do with stand up a lot is I, I do a lot of crowd work where I'll just chat with people and shoot the shit and have, you know, make, make fun there. But he's like, you got to do at least one, one joke that's material and you got to do seven minutes. And I was like, done easy. Best 60 bucks. I go, I will fucking, I go, you want me to bomb? I'll, I'll go up there and bomb for seven minutes. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm a prostitute. <laughs> That's what I told the crowd. I go, I'm a prostitute. I'm being paid to come up here and do jokes. I go, I'm, I'm for hire. I go, but Jason, no, no, don't bomb. I'm trying to do well. And I was like, all right. So I went up there. I probably did 10 minutes, but I was just chatting with the people in the bar. And then I told a joke, uh, one requested by Noreen. Um, but I told the joke and said, thank you very much, guys. Best 60 bucks I've ever made <laughs> with that at the bar. Paid my tab, and uh, and that was the night. We had a we had a good time. That was a Saturday night. I had Bowman's. Jason was so like, oh, I couldn't. He goes, it would be my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. I go, I'll fucking, I'll go do it again. I go, you got another sixty bucks. I go, I'll go do another ten minutes. I don't give a shit. So uh, so that was fun, and uh, 
Sunday, uh, I worked one of the longest fucking shifts at the mobile shop. Started at 10. And I was supposed to be till six. I remember it was kind of a quiet day. I actually left and that's when I bought my third bottle of scotch. I bought a uh, Macallan Amber, which is aged in sherry casks. Uh, or I don't know how old how old it is. I should Google it and see if I can find out how old it is. But it's, uh, it was a $110 bottle of scotch. And it came with, um, you know how they slide the little rings over the bottles and let you do a little sample bottle with it? Well, it was, it was a little box attached to the larger box, the Macallan for uh, the Macallan Gold. So I did try the Macallan Gold and I, I don't mind it. It's about an $80 bottle. If it was to buy a full bottle of it, it's about an $80 bottle. Uh, the Macallan Gold. Didn't mind. It was half decent. Um, the, uh, the Macallan Amber, I haven't tried yet. I'm very excited to try that. So I got a Macallan Amber, a Bomer, uh, yeah, Bomer uh, 12 year old and a, uh, Akintoshin three, uh, three barrel, I think it's called or three wood. So I'm excited to try the, um, the scotches, but, uh, that's what I did. I stepped out in the middle of my shift on Sunday, uh, walked across the parking lot to buy a bottle of scotch and then came back. And here's the thing at like 10 to six, uh, myself, and my coworker, Samaya, uh, 10 to six, we're getting ready to close up. And, uh, you know, a woman walks in with her kids and, uh, you know, before we know it, she's, she's doing an activation. We're like, okay, all right, well, we're going to be here past six o'clock shit. And then while we're helping her, uh, uh, another couple comes in and, uh, they're just standing there and I'm like, oh, Hey guys, we're, uh, we're closed in a few minutes. Can we help you? And they're like, oh yeah, we just wanted to ask her a question. And, um, the woman with the kids was gone probably about five, 10 after. And then this couple comes in with a sheet of paper saying that they know what they, they want to get a family plan and everything like this. They walked in when we were closed, like, like, you know, five, 10 minutes to, to closing to, to do this big family plan. So I'm like, fuck, we're going to be here for a while. Uh, this couple had no idea what they wanted. Um, even after like we figured out what they wanted and suggested stuff for them, they said, well, what about, and then we just said like, well, what about another provider? Like that's like going into an Apple store. I mean, of course we carry everything. So maybe not the best example, but it's like walking to an Apple store, asking all these questions about Apple computers. You finally find the computer and then they go, oh, what about HP though? What about Microsoft? Like, just like, we've already answered all your questions. We've already narrowed down exactly what you need. And then just out of nowhere, you go. So these people, you know, they'd be like, uh, okay, are you, are you ready to go with Kudo? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, what about Fido? You know, what, what kind of plans does Fido have? And it's like, we've already made it clear that like the store is closed, you know, we're going to help you, but these people were being so discouraged. Let's put it this way. We we're, our store was closed at six. Uh, we left at 10 to eight. So these people took two extra hours, um, of our time. Um, you know, I, again, not trying to just make it a bitch fest, but I think that it's just kind of like people really don't give a shit about other people. You know, like I've walked into a place 10 minutes to close and go, look, sorry. But if I come into a place 10 minutes before close, because I was rushing to get there before they close, I know what I want. I'm in and out, you know, and apologizing the whole way, making it, making everyone aware. Look, I know I'm keeping you here. I'm very sorry. Make quick. These people didn't give a fuck, you know, they, they weren't listening to what we were telling them. And then you would get near the end. Like we actually finished upgrading one of their phones, had to cancel and undo it and then start again because they weren't listening when we were explaining it to them. So anyways, that, that wasn't the worst, you know, shit happens. Got home, got home Sunday night. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry guys. I don't mean to, uh. Sometimes I debate whether or not I want to tell a story, obviously. I mean, I have, apparently I have no problem talking about my mom, you know, not having dildos and 
getting fucked, but certain things I, uh, I, I, on Sunday there was, uh, there was a thing that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. Um, you know, still, still moving on from the, uh, the old lady in my life who, you know, by now, if you're a regular listener, you know, that was very important to me. Um, also, you know, hurts on Valentine's day and stuff. I did send her a message, um, on Valentine's day just to, you know, say like her and I have some history. I think I mentioned this last week. We have some history on Valentine's day and I just wanted to let her know I was thinking of her and I, I hope she has a good day. Um, she sent me a message back whenever it's fine. But, um, I use, uh, that, that's the, the, the like maybe the la- what the fuck is going on? Are you serious? Ugh. Set myself a reminder for this evening. <laughs> ah, it's okay. That's me. That's old slapstick. Joshy. The more I try to be a serious person, the more, uh, the universe will make me look like a fool. That's guys. It's my lot in life. I gotta, I gotta remain the clown. I cannot be too serious. Um, I use, uh, an app that I just found recently. So in my line of, of work, right. With, with entertainment and so social media and all that, like social media is, is a part of it in order to gain notoriety and things like that. You got to, you know, um, be socially active in terms of, you know, have a presence, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, and in order to, uh, a little t- a tip someone taught me a while back was that in order to, you know, uh, acquire followers, you find sort of your niche. So like comedy network, just for laughs, things like that. And you, you go to their page and then you find their followers and you follow a bunch of their followers. Their followers will follow you back. Not all of them, you know, a percentage, but the idea is it does work and it helps build you up your stuff. But the thing is like, let's say I follow a hundred people. I might get six people. Well, now I'm following a bunch of people that are not, you know, they're not doing anything for me. I have no idea who they are and they clog up my newsfeed. So I got this app that, uh, basically lets me know, um, very simply who are people that I'm following that are not following me back. And it basically allows me to purge them very quickly. Right. So instead of having to like click on a name and then look at them and type myself in to see if they're following me, I can just go into this app and go, okay, uh, these hundred people are not following me and delete. So while I was waiting for these people to leave on Sunday, I was sort of popping through this app just to, you know, try to be productive with the fact I was stuck here. My coworker, Samaya was doing all the work, um, processing these people's uh, phones. I started going through the thing and, um, and I got like, uh, this notification that, uh, that someone had, had deleted a bunch of pictures that I was tagged in. And so I, uh, I clicked on it and it was, uh, it was crystal crystal had, um, I guess deleted a bunch of pictures of not just her and I, but like things that we'd done together, things that I was tagged in. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's, that sort of sucks. And I clicked on it and her account was private. So, um, you know, I, I think we'd unfollowed each other because it's, you know, you're, you're broken up. It's hard to see each other's faces and your feeds, but, um, but I, I saw her account was now private, the one that she uses for her photography. So I was like, oh, like that's, I, 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 I guess, um, maybe the fact that we weren't following each other, but I was tagged in some pictures prevented her from making her account private because it's like, maybe you can't make your account private if you have other people tagged in pictures or something, regardless. It's, it was, it made me feel sad. Um, I got this feeling like I was, you know, being erased or whatever, which, which sucks when you love somebody and you're with them for a long time. The idea that they, you know, want to get rid of memories sort of, sort of sucks. So needless to say, 
uh, I was stuck at work for two hours longer than I, than I was supposed to be. And I was feeling a little down. So I came home and, uh, and nobody was here. So I, uh, I reached out to, uh, to Noreen. Noreen is, uh, Jason's girlfriend. Uh, I've mentioned her several times. Uh, and I just said, Hey, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? She's like, no, at home, just watching TV. So I was like, well, why don't you come over? You know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do something social and, and have some drinks. That's <laughs> just, she was like, sure. So I went to, to pick her up and, uh, and we were, you know, having some wine, playing some board games. And then of course, Sunday night being the last day of the week at absolute comedy, everybody from the, the club came back. So Jason came back, Mark came back, uh, the comic from the week. We actually had a house guest all week last week, but we saw him maybe once or twice cause he was always up before we were in gone and then home super late. Um, but even he came home, uh, Colin O'Brien, Brian Warrett, we were all sitting, having drinks, playing board games. It was, uh, a, a good finish. We actually were up till five o'clock in the morning, uh, doing that. So I had a hell of a time waking up on Monday. Like we were all up super, super late. Uh, thank God it was family day. Happy family day to you guys too, by the way. I hope you had a, a great day with your families. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was a fun night. It was a fun night. Uh, drank a lot of, of wine. I think we went through three, three bottles of wine, but, uh, but it was quite good. Had a good night. Monday got out of bed late, dragged ass all day, got some work done, right? I read some, uh, read some of my book, which I'll be reviewing with you guys shortly. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I had, a, I had a, a good day, not having to go anywhere or do anything. And then later in the evening, I spoke with my good friend, Jess, and, uh, we were just shooting the shit and, uh, we decided to go back to Shopify. Oh man, that place where I had so much fun. Yeah. That's where I went. Went to Shopify. We, we buzzed around the building, went with my buddy, Nick, uh, Perron, who I have not seen in some time. And, uh, that's of course, Jess's boyfriend, uh, and, and a good buddy of mine. We, uh, we just sort of shot the shit, went around Shopify, had, uh, they were out of free beer. They were out of free beer. It was so, uh, it was so good for me <laughs> to not just be able to drink. I still don't know what the condition of my liver or pancreas is. Uh, a couple people have reached out to me on Facebook saying that it's been a while since I've given a health update. I haven't heard anything back yet. I've done that. I've done some tests and I have an appointment with my doctor next month. I'll tell you more when I know more, but as it stands, I don't know what the state of my health is, but I do know that my brother, um, is, is going through a lot with his liver. Um, and, uh, he listens there and I'm sorry if that's information you don't want me to share, but, uh, but he's going through some stuff. Um, I'll leave it at that, but because we do share very similar genetics and I have, um, you know, he has a fatty liver. I have a fatty liver. Uh, his, his state has gone further than that. Um, I don't know if I'm, you know, uh, on the same path. So it's difficult for me to be like, yeah, I'm making wine and I'm buying booze. And it's like, all right, <laughs> like, am I going to get a diagnosis? Like, uh, yeah, you might want to return all that shit. Cause, uh, you ain't drinking no more. You got, uh, you got some liver problems. So whatever. Um, I, I don't know what the state of, of affairs is with that, but regardless, I I'm glad I didn't have beer at Shopify last night because I, uh, I, I might not, uh, might not need it. You know, might, uh, might be time for a big old cleanse, but, um, we went there, had a great time. It was very cool to spend time with Jess. It was very cool to spend time with Nick. Um, Nick is a good friend of mine and a very avid comic book, um, connoisseur in fact when comics talking comics uh, goes live nick will be a regular on that show because he just knows so much about comic books and the characters and things like that um a wealth of knowledge i actually um it was so funny so so my buddy nick 
he's also like a really big fan of horror movies and stuff. So, um, I, I talked way back, you know, episodes ago on the podcast about Friday the 13th, the video game. Well, uh, Nick plays that, uh, as well. And he's like, he's the horror movie guy, B horror movie guy, whatever. In fact, I remember he had a podcast a few years back where the idea of his podcast would be that you would watch a really shitty B horror movie. And then, uh, like he would watch it and do commentary on it with like a guest or two. And the whole idea of this podcast was that you play this podcast while watching the movie yourself. So you hear the commentary and you sync it up with the, the beginning of the podcast and you go, well, one time, um, Nick reached out to me and he was like, Hey Josh, do you want to do one of these podcasts? And I was like, sure. And he goes, uh, what movie do you want to watch? We can watch, you know, this, that, or whatever. And one of the movies he suggested was called Texas Chainsaw. It was not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was a newer, you know, just take on, I don't even know if it's Leatherface in it, but the idea is it was, it was just called Texas Chainsaw, but it was in 3d and I have a 3d TV. So I said, well, why don't we do the 3d movie? Because, you know, he goes, he said he didn't have a 3d TV. So I'm like, well, I have a 3d TV. Why don't we make use of one of the movies that actually requires it? Considering I have the technology. So we decided we're going to watch Texas Chainsaw 3d. And the, the day we were going to do that, uh, my roommate, Simon, uh, who was not my roommate at the time, just a friend. Uh, was like, Hey, you guys hanging out? You want to get together? We're like, sure. So Simon actually, uh, myself, Nick and Simon went out to dinner and then, uh, we stopped by the, uh, the beer store to grab some beer surprising, right? Go to the beer store for beer. And, uh, and then we proceeded to, uh, you know, get drunk for a little bit at my place prior to the movie starting. Well, we drank at dinner. We started drinking at home. Uh, and a lot of us were, uh, you know, three sheets, but not after, not after not too long. So this movie starts and, we're all drunk. I have very comfortable couches and I had, so I'm, I'm laying on one of couch watching this movie. I got to say nothing. There, there was nothing entertaining about this movie. The, the acting seemed shitty. The people in it were not, uh, the, the people in it were not, uh, <laughs> like there was nothing endearing about the characters. You didn't give a shit about them. It was like the, the, the plot was going nowhere. And here's, but here's the thing. I fell asleep like 25 minutes in. Okay. And this is well before I was diagnosed with sleep apnea or anything like that. This was, um, <laughs> I fell asleep and I snore like a motherfucker. That's what I'm getting at. But here's the thing. We're recording a podcast, right? So the idea is in the middle of the table is recorder and I just pass out and snore. And, uh, and I remember waking up in the middle of the movie, right? Lord knows where I woke up in the middle of the movie. And in the span that I was awake, I was probably awake for two minutes, maybe three. And then not, no exaggeration. I was awake for two, maybe three minutes. And in that two, three minutes, I look at the screen and the, all the main characters are still alive when I woke up. So I'm like, Oh, I didn't miss anything. And in that two minute span that I was awake, three of the four main characters get killed. Like, like chop, 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 then running into another room. Oh my God, a chop, chop, chop. And they get killed. Oh my God. Like impaled or whatever. I was like, I look and I go like for all the, th the, th the movie that I missed being asleep, I missed no, I mean, I probably missed some jump scares or something, but all I know is I woke up for two minutes, saw everyone, but one person get killed. 
And I go, this is the stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and then I roll over, go back to sleep and start snoring again. And what I find so funny about this is the idea that for a period of time, I don't know if it's still available. I would love to hear it. I, I always meant to listen to it, but I just love the idea that there's a podcast out there about <laughs> me, about movies, and it has me watching it going, what? I don't give a shit about any of these characters falling asleep, snoring. Like, I don't know how long I'm snoring for, but there's a podcast out there where people are trying to review movies and it's me snoring, wake up, shit on it, and then start snoring again until the end. <laughs> oh, I would love to fucking hear that. I know it just fucking sounds as terrible. My guest this week is Josh Williams. <laughs> Probably the best review of that movie I could have given. I could have spent weeks writing one and it wouldn't have been better than me just snoring, waking up going, this is the stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Back to sleep. Ah. <laughs> ah, so Texas Chainsaw, don't see it. It's a piece of shit. Uh, or sleep through it. It's a great fucking sleep aid. Some people buy me, you know, sounds of, uh, rain or, or water running i fall asleep to uh to chainsaws and shitty b movies ah uh, but it was great like i said great hanging out with my buddy nick i, I just remember that story we were talking about on the way home from shopify last night it was hysterical oh my god and then i went to work today mobile shop nothing special and here i am tuesday night as always recording my podcast way too late um but it was good i've also uh you know as much as i I usually give a shit about the Olympics only in the sense that I'm, I watch a little bit of every day, but this year I, I don't give a shit. Not no particular reason, but I've just, I've watched a few events here and there and I, you know, take or leave it. Uh, I watched some of the, the men's curling, watched some of the women's curling, watched some of the women's hockey. Um, it's been, uh, it's been fun watching, uh, watching the things that I did watch, but again, just unintentionally happened to go in and bother Jason while he's watching it and, and sitting down and watching a little bit of it. Congratulations, of course, to all the athletes as it stands right now. The last time I looked, Canada's sitting at 19, uh, medals altogether, third place in the world for medal, uh, accumulation, uh, at this Olympics. So congratulations. I think they're followed by, or they're only being beat by, uh, Norway, which is in first place and Germany in second place. Uh, third place is Canada. So congratulations to the, uh, the Canadians, uh, team Canada in all its events. Um, yeah, so that's about it, but it's funny too, because like, I, I remember, like I said, I was watching it with Jay and Jason's a funny guy. Jason's like, I was teasing him because he's like Peter Pan doesn't want to grow up. He's, uh, definitely promotes, alcoholism as often as possible. Um, no, no, I just, Jay, Jay goes out and he drinks. He's a hard guy. And he's always, yeah, what do you, what are you fucking idiots doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like he's always just angry giving me and Kamar and Simon shit or whatever. Um, it, it's just funny to me that he doesn't very rarely, you know, he doesn't very often show emotion, right? He very rarely shows it. Um, but, but out of the blue, like, again, where I was talking to Jay and I, I went to the bathroom, came back in to watch more of the hockey with him and his eyes were all watery. And I was like, what's, what's going on. Like I thought maybe he had like an allergic reaction. I don't mean like no sniveling or anything, no visible tears, just his whole eye area looks wet on both sides. I go, what's wrong with you? You okay? You got a fucking reaction or you poke yourself in the eye. He goes, goes no, I was, I was fucking crying. You know, the, the, the women's team, they won. The team Canada won. It's amazing. And he's like, I don't want to say he's bawling his eyes out, but I'm like, but you're crying because this, I thought they won the fucking gold or something. I wasn't paying attention to the standings or anything. I was just, I thought they won the gold. He was happy for them. They didn't even fucking win a medal game, you know? And not that it's not a good thing, but, but it reduces you to tears. Jason's so fucking weird because 
you can have something actually legitimately emotional happen and he doesn't give a fuck, like doesn't, doesn't change his demeanor, but he'll watch like four hours straight of, you know, America's got talent or whatever, like some little chick, little Asian chick with no arms will play the violin with her feet and he's crying like a little bitch. Like, I mean, bawling, but then the people who are close to him in his life, whatever, it's just no emotion from him whatsoever. It's a weird fucking duck. But, uh, anyways, that was, that was my week, my goofy stories. And I apologize for, for forcing you guys to listen. No, I'm, I'm not sorry. You tune in. That's what you get is my ridiculousness. You want me to talk about something else? Email contact the one man podcast.com. I got on the scale this morning, guys. I'm trying to, you know, get back to losing weight. I got on the scale this morning and I'm fucking 295. Um, you know, could be from all the grazing I was doing at Shopify. That's the thing too, right? I'm complaining about homeless guys at the top of the store, the top of the show. And then I go into Shopify and I'm just, uh, oh, I'll take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Da, da, da. I'm like the loser kid being let in. I, uh, oh no, I'm not here to buy your services, Shopify. I'm just here to eat your food. I'm a fucking hypocrite. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I need to get back to the weight loss. I am, uh, you know, I started using the MyFitnessPal app again today. I came home and I made some food, uh, proper food after, uh, after my shift today, portioned some stuff out. It's been a while since I've done the portioning. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I need to get back into it and I do need to, uh, I need to work on drinking less. Um, even though I'm not drinking, you know, beer and stuff, there's a lot of calories in it and it is not good for my liver. Um, and I need to be making that number on the scale go down, not up. And, uh, I was down to 289, 288, I think. And that means if I'm at 295 and that was like, that was post poop, yo. All right. I was post poop. I, uh, I was as empty as I could be wearing as little as possible and I was 295. So the weight is definitely coming back on, um, that late night that we had with uh, everybody, the comedians, roommates, everything playing games. Uh, you know, we, like I said, drank three bottles and, uh, and just, and that was just between Noreen and myself, three bottles. And then we ordered fucking pizza at like two o'clock in the morning. Again, it's brutal. Like once you're inebriated, it's no excuse, but I'm telling you, once you've been drinking, those decisions are a little easier to make, you know, and not in the, not in the, the, the good way, right? Uh, the, the evil wins. So, um, that's something that I need to, uh, I really, I fuck, I really need to, I need the, 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 I gotta, uh, see, this is what it sounds like in my head all the time. I gotta fucking clear up my schedule so I can, you know, go walking more and, and hit the gym and stuff like that. I just feel like there's not now enough hours a day. And I know I'm, I'm somewhere in my head. I'm making excuses or whatever. I just, uh, ah, it's fucking tough right now, guys. I'll tell you too, the, 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 Winter blues and the fucking holiday depression, like I said, uh, Christmas and Valentine's Day, it's uh, it's hard. It's really easy to make it, you know, to make excuses and to give yourself permission to do things that aren't good for you. And uh, and right now I'm really struggling with that, you know. And and of course, um, as much as I I'm enjoying the new place that I'm at, you know, um, like I said, I I still think I'm done with sales. And rather than I'm I'm a little. Uh, I'm in a position now where I'm like, I don't want to disappoint my other friend who recommended me for this or whatever, you know? Um, I, I think that this is going to be very temporary. Um, so yeah, you know, what can, what can I say? Uh, I need to start, I really need to put myself first, uh, health, you know, and, uh, you know, get it down. I like my doctor. I don't know if I, if I told you guys in previous podcasts, he was saying how like, you know, the bypass surgery or whatever might be something that we have to look at. And uh, I really don't want that. I do not want to have my stomach stapled. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I know big guys don't last long. I'm 35 now. Jesus got fucking serious quick. 
Um, I'm 35. I don't want to have the the surgery. Um, I I made myself big. I you know I racked up this debt on the credit card and I, I need to to pay it off. And I I really do want to do it naturally. Whatever the idea to get in there, start cutting shit. Like you know, there's this, now there's survival risks of the procedure and shit. Ugh. I need the I need to get the fuck out of my funk. I need to get out of my funk because I really, uh, you know, I I I don't I can't fuck it around. You know, and of course, being in this funk also makes you want to eat and drink and and you know. It's a double-edged sword, uh, catch 22, blah, 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 you know, anyways, boo, hoo, frickety, hoo. All I'm saying is that, um, in, in the back of my mind, while all these other things are going on, you know, giving away booze and drinking and, and playing games and stuff, I'm kind of in an escape mode right now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of running from my life right now, you know, and I don't, um, I feel good and I feel positive, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not as angry and frustrated as I was when I was at the source, but, um, but I'm a little, uh, what can I say? Um, I feel a little stuck, you know, and I kind of don't know what direction to go in, in terms of career and, and relationship and personal growth and, you know, health. I'm just feeling a little, uh, little spun up. So that's, that's where I'm at, but I, I know that I was doing good. I know I was getting results. I know I need to get back to those results. Uh, I need discipline. Fucking sun, come out of the clouds and, and give me that vitamin D to, to kick these winter blues and, and start moving things forward. Wow. All right, guys. Well, how about that? Why don't we move to the fucking sponsors <laughs> on that positive note? You know, we're getting close to an hour in the fucking show already. Um, but speaking of the Olympics, I did decide that this week's article would come from, of course, my partners at PortablePress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. And this week's article, you know, because of the Olympics and the hockey, I know that the men and women's teams are still still able to win a gold. Uh, you know, I, everyone seems to say that the women's team is more likely to win the gold than the men's. Um, so, you know... Uh, Good luck to our ladies out there playing. And at the same time, of course, uh, fellas, pick it up. You want to make sure uh, we want to, we want to, we want to, you know, have uh, all the gold, all the hockey gold for men and women. Let's do this. So this week, the article I chose is from the uh, edition Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Shoots and Scores. And the article is called Goals Heard Around the World. So it says, Paul Henderson scored the goal heard around the world. Mike uh, Erosion's and Sidney Crosby's right up there too. So to Canadian hockey fans, even the generations born since it happened, Paul Henderson's 1972 goal remains among the greatest ever scored. It came 34 seconds from the end of game eight in the fabled summit series and gave team Canada the slimmest possible edge over the national team of the old Soviet union at the first meeting between the Soviets and top professional players from the national hockey league. Many U.S. fans, however, would rate Henderson's shot second best. To them, the greatest goal ever was scored by Mike uh, Erusians uh, to give the young underdog U.S. Olympic team a 4-3 victory over the Soviets in that key game of the Americans' gold medal win in the 1980s games at Lake Placid, New York. Uh, but when it comes to great shots, few would disagree that the overtime goal by Sidney Crosby to win Canada the gold medal over Team USA in the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver is the most spectacular in recent memory. So yeah, according to whom? Question mark. 
Of course, many hockey fans have their own favorite tallies of great goals that locked up a playoff spot, won a Stanley Cup, set a record, or ended a long overtime. But the Henderson, Erosion, and Crosby markers are in a class by themselves, stamping the scorers as heroes for life. In the cases of Henderson and Erosion, the fact that they were not superstars added to their luster. I also don't know if I'm saying Erosion right, but it's E-R-U-Z-I-O-N-E. They were from the ranks, but they produced when the ultimate crunch was on, a huge prize at stake. Crosby, on the other hand, was already a star, and he had been most... Uh, mostly quiet during the tournament. So when Sid the Kid swept forward and pitched the puck into the net past American goaltender Ryan Miller, he cemented his place in history and gave Canada its 14th gold medal of the 2010 Games, a record for a host nation. Taking the gold for granted. Nearly 40 years, Canada, sorry, for for nearly 40 years, Canada so dominated international hockey that the country could send senior amateur teams of no great distinction to the world championship and the Olympics and win with little trouble. But on Sunday morning in 1954, Canadian fans woke to bad news. The country's representatives, the East York Lindhursts from a Toronto senior league had been whipped 7-2 by a Soviet nation team in its first try at the world amateur championships. Even those Canadians who usually paid little attention to the game complained that the country should send a better team overseas. Over the next seven years, the Canadian entry was upgraded to top-notch senior clubs and won four times. But after 1961, the country's best amateurs could not match the Europeans, especially the Soviets. Even as Canada lost, though, including a valiant but futile six-year attempt by a national team of young players through the 1960s, Canadians smugly said that the Soviets were only winning because Canada's best 400 or so players were involved in pro hockey. NHL players would surely defeat the Soviets and other Europeans easily. After several years of negotiation, a series, the Summit Series, of eight games between the Soviets and Team Canada uh, comprising the best NHL players was set for 1972. Only a handful of Canadian observers familiar with international hockey predicted that the Soviets would be able to beat the glittering array of NHL stars. Not even the absence of two great players from the Canadian lineup, defenseman Bobby Orr, who had a knee injury, and Bobby Hull, who had been uh, sorry, who had jumped from the NHL to the rival WHA, dampened Canada's optimism. Tears for jeers. The series received a huge buildup when it opened on Saturday evening in late August, and the Montreal sorry at the Montreal Forum. Uh, where I'm performing this weekend. Um, And in one of the biggest shocks in hockey history, the Soviets skated to a 7-3 victory. The mastery of the quick, meticulously conditioned, and highly skilled Russians was dazzling. Sorry, yeah, the mastery of the quick, meticulous condition conditioned and highly skilled Russians with Desmond. Of course it was. They're fucking amazing. Uh, the Canadians rebounded to win the second game in Toronto, and then the clubs played a tie in Winnipeg. In the fourth game and the last in Canada, fans in Vancouver booed the home side's 5-3 loss, prompting star center Phil Esposito to plead for support on national television because the players tried, the players, quote, tried. We gave it our best. Some of our guys are really down in the dumps. I mean, we're doing the best we can, end quote. Great White North strikes back. After a 10-day break, the series resumed in Moscow, and the Soviets won the first game there for a commanding 3-1-1 edge in the series. Even a tie in one of the three remaining games would give them the series. Uh, throughout the series, a strength 
for the Canadians was the forward line of young center Bobby Clark, two years into his excellent career with the Philadelphia Flyers, flanked by good but not top-level Toronto Maple Leafs wingers Ron Ellis and Paul Henderson. The line had played a solid two-way hockey in every game. The trio's speed of much sorry, the trio's speed of much value on the larger ice surface in Moscow. With Esposito playing magnificently and emerging as the team leader, the Canadians slowly gained good conditioning and battled back to win the 6th and 7th games, with Henderson scoring the winning goals in both. In Game 8, Canada trailed 5-3 entering the 3rd period, but tied the score by the 13th minute on goals by Esposito and uh, Ivan Cornoyer. The game and the series appeared certain to end in a tie as the teams hit the final minute. Responding to Henderson's urgent cries from the bench, Pete Mahalvik came off to allow Henderson to rush headlong towards the Soviet goal, take a shot at goalie Vladislav Tretyek, and fall into the end boards. Esposito snared the puck when a defenseman mishandled it and shot just as Henderson was scrambling for the front of the net. Tretyek stopped that shot and another one by Henderson on the rebound. But then Henderson snared his own rebound and fired it past the valiant Soviet goalie to win the series. Just college kids. Many of the Soviet players from the 1972 Summit Series also traveled to the Lake Placid Olympics eight years later. The U.S. team of college players coached by the hard-driving Herb Brooks fought its way to a shot at the medal. Even though the Soviets were considered a lock for the gold, as the tournament progressed, it became obvious that the swift, skilled American kids had a real chance. The key game was the semifinal round, Team USA versus the Soviets. After the first period, with the score tied 2-2, coach Viktor uh, Tekhanov pulled Tretiak, replacing him with Vladimir Mishkin. That seemed to give the Americans a shot of adrenaline, and with U.S. goalie Jim Craig stopping most of what the Soviets threw at him. The Americans were in a 3-3 tie halfway through the third period. Aruzion, the only non-college player on the U.S. roster, he played minor pro, snapped home a 25-foot shot that led to broadcaster Al Michaels' famous line, Do you believe in miracles? The U.S. team clinched the gold medal by defeating Finland 4-2 in final to join the ranks of the most revered sports heroes in American history. And the crowd goes wild. By 2010, America's place as a contender in international hockey was long established, but the country had a new rival, Team Canada. The neighbors met in the men's hockey final at the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. That year, Team Canada was favored to win hockey gold, and having the home field advantage certainly couldn't hurt. But the Canadians started off slowly, losing a preliminary game to the Americans, and one of their stars, Sidney Crosby, nicknamed Sid the Kid and the next one, was pointless in both the quarter and semi-final rounds. Still, during the final game, with just 24.4 seconds left, the Canadians were up 2-1, and winning seemed assured, until the Americans pulled their goalie and managed to flip a tying goal into the Canadian net. While the Americans celebrated Team Canada and their red and white clad fans in the the arena and on the streets of Vancouver were stunned. Uh, Were the Canadians hockey elites really, sorry, were the Canadians hockey elite really going to lose Olympic gold on their own turf to the U.S.? The game went into sudden death overtime, and after just seven and a half minutes came the shot all of Canada was waiting for. Jerome McGinley fed Sidney Crosby the puck, the kid, shot and scored, sending all fans across Canada to their feet. For Crosby, who grew up shooting goals into a dryer in the basement of his family's Nova Scotia home, it was a childhood dream come true. Quote, being in Canada, that's the opportunity of a lifetime. You dream of that 
uh, a thousand times growing up for it to come true is amazing. End quote. And that is goals heard around the world from my partners at portablepress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. This edition, edition, <laughs> this edition uh, from Shoots and Scores, guys. So a whole book de- devoted entirely to hockey stories, naming you know where things come from, hockey-wise, team names, stuff like that. A great edition, of course. All of the uh, Uncle John's bathroom readers are great. You can find all sorts of different subjects and things like that. And I figured because the Olympics going on and all the hockey it would be a great time to read a nice little hockey article there. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. And of course, my other sponsors are Absolute Comedy. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Oh yeah, absolute comedy. And speaking of absolute comedy, I, uh, well, I've got something coming up. I can tell you guys shortly, but I'm also looking forward to, uh, <laughs> I have something I'm looking forward to. I'll tell you about that shortly. I, uh, I'm also looking forward to, uh, my good friend Petter from Summersby showing up with a, a resupply again. Uh, I'm going to have to take it easy, take it easy. Right. But, uh, the more I stay away from beer, the more I'm enjoying things like my ciders, my wines, my whiskeys. But I, uh, I tend to of course really enjoy my Summersby. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. (laughs) With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. (sighs) Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, sweet, sweet Summers B. He is so good to me. Uh, and who else is missing? You guys know who's missing. Who hasn't he talked about? I've talked about my friends at DK, man. My pals at DK. Let me tell you this, guys. I loved the Black Panther movie, and I didn't know anything about the Black Panther going in. You know what I mean? Like I said, a little bit about Wakanda, a little bit about Vibranium. Um, but this week I am reading, uh, what my friends at DK have sent me. It's the, came out in January and I wanted to save it for when the movie was coming out. I have the black Panther ultimate guide from DK. And I got to tell you guys, as always, the DK book is amazing. Now, since seeing the movie, I have read this book and I don't want to take too much away from you by telling you all about it. 
but this book goes through the history of the Black Panther. So some of the, uh, I didn't realize how many characters from the movie were, were, you know, actual big significant members. Like they did such a good job with this movie. Um, and of course this book that I, I didn't really realize what, uh, you know, how many, how many important characters with this? So let's put it this way. Let's start by saying that uh, if you see the movie claw, killmonger and, uh, Mbaku, uh, the man ape are, uh, are all characters from the, the story. So there's no, nobody has been derived, you know, created. It's not like there was one person who was just created for the movie. There's lots of characters and lots of homages that they have put in there. Um, the DK book the, the forewords and some of the things that the, the people have written. Um, I didn't realize this, but in, in reading this ultimate guide, uh, black Panther was the first black superhero. Um, you know, this came at a time it was, I think it was the early seventies that his character came out. And up until then there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, um, black, uh, black superheroes, black characters, even, you know, they had, uh, they, uh, sorry, I apologize here. I'm just double checking my information here. I want to make sure I'm right. Um, it was the 1960s when it came out, you know, 1970s had a lot of like, you know, black exploitation and things like that for in, in pop culture. Um, black Panther first showed up in fantastic four. Uh, I think number 52 was the first one that he showed up in. So basically, I mean, it gives you his introduction and, and, and where he started from timelines, all sorts of amazing things. Um, but he was the first black superhero. So characters like blade and storm. And I'm trying to think of who else they had that, that, that came out uh, afterwards, you know, um, Luke cage, uh, Falcon. There's a lot of, 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 you know, black superheroes who came after, um, T'Challa, right. The black Panther. And he, he was not hokey. They didn't, they didn't, you know, make him a, a goofy kid. He was a strong character when he came out and the story of, of, of Wakanda and his country and everything like that, the struggles that he went through, the, the villains that he's had to, to, you know, face. Um, this book is amazing. All the DK books are amazing. I I'd love to go into this really in depth, but I really don't want to ruin anything. Here's the thing. The black, black Panther movie was so good. Um, it really made me eager to, to go through and learn more. Um, and this book, like I said, has timelines. It has significant moments in the character's arc. It goes through the different writers and, uh, artists who've gone through into him. I have to say, like, it's just, it was really amazing to read more about the character and learn. Like, so for me, it was like a first, like I said, uh, kind of like the, the guardians of the galaxy where if you, if you don't know anything about them, it's, it's nice to learn. Um, this, this book is amazing. Visually stunning as always the timeline and showing how everything happens. Um, how black Panther was part of the Avengers. He, he, he came in was, was popular quickly, even though it was unexpected, um, became a member of the Avengers very early on. Um, and then of course returned to Wakanda where his story really got developed and things like that. So, um, it, it's, um, I really, really enjoyed this book rather than just throw a quick, you know, Hey, like, Oh, it's great. And it's, it is beautiful. It's very visual. It sh tells you a lot about the different enemies and things that he's had. Um, very cultural too, in the types of, um, conflicts that he's had. You know what I mean? It was really cool to, uh, to read about the character and see his development or whatever. And like I said, I, I really don't, I don't want to go too in depth to it because I feel like it'll be hard to get me to stop talking about it. And I'll just give away the whole book guys. If you saw the black Panther movie and you enjoyed it, you need to get this book. Um, black Panther, the ultimate guide by my friends at DK. Um, 
loved it. Loved it. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much, DK, for sending this to me. Um, I, I will hang on to this proudly. I think uh, I think I'm actually going to let my uh, my mom borrow it. I usually don't let people borrow my books because people don't take good care of stuff. But she loved the movie so much too, and I like this. Uh, I, I think everybody. I think anyone who loved the movie needs to needs to read this book because it gives you so much information on a character who doesn't get a lot of screen time. I mean, if you read the comics, you don't know a lot about them, but, but a lot, a lot of people are comic book readers, including myself. I've only recently started going back to the beginnings to, to read about where these characters came from. But, um, Black Panther, the ultimate guide, as always on Facebook and Twitter, guys, I have given links to pick this up, click on the link and you can choose to pick it up from Indigo, Amazon, uh, or the third one. Eventually I will remember what they are, but, um, pick it up guys. Black Panther, the ultimate guide. This book is Awesome. Super, super visual as always. Um, I'm, I'm super glad it's on my shelf. I uh, love Black Panther. I love this book. I feel like this is the shittiest review I've ever done, but um, uh, just, just like I said, it really is difficult for me to choose which direction I want to go with this conversation. It gives you maps of Wakanda um, uh, family trees and, and different conflicts. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to pick just, just, you know, a little, a little taste without spoiling, but um yeah, he's a very complex character with a lot of great things, great great details into the enemies too. Like you really get to see how they took these people from the the comics and really made them like there were some characters that were, you know, you have to remember that this is a character who's who's basically evolving through, you know, um I don't want to say racial conflicts, but you know, as as we as a society became more progressive, you can actually see the how how they developed this character to continue to be progressive, you know, not just like, oh, hey, he's a black superhero. Like it, it made it okay for, for, uh, uh, you know, a, a black character to be a, a hero. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a sidekick. He wasn't treated like, I mean, if you guys look at some of the stuff that, that comic books had in the forties and fifties, um, it's pretty fucking offensive, you know, obviously we know it's a different time, but the idea that, uh, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby were, were, you know, really progressive in, in the making of this character. And it's the same thing too. They didn't just make a black superhero and call him, you know, the Black Panther. And then it was a bunch of white people running around in the comic books. Like they, they stayed very, uh, very culturally appropriate. Like, you know, like I said, it really wasn't disrespectful. It's a, it's wicked to see a strong character that was developed and made and, and, you know, super popular. Anyways, Black Panther Ultimate Guide, guys. Tons of really, really, really cool shit in this book. Click on the link. You can you can browse the you know the synopsis and see some pictures of it, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that was that's that's the sponsors this week, guys. Um, thank you to DK as always. Thank you, Summersby. Thank you, Absolute Comedy, and thank you, PortablePress.com. This week coming up, guys. I am uh, working another shift at the mobile shop. Just a small little one tomorrow. I'm actually going to wake up early. No, I'm not. I'm going to wake up tomorrow earlier than normal. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to get some more tax stuff done because I think that's part of what's making me miserable too, is I've got all this, all this admin work that I need to do and, uh, and I'm not necessarily getting it done. So as much as I'm out there living my life, I've always got these, these tasks looming over me. So I want to get them finished and, uh, and out of the way. Um, but on Thursday I get up and I do a show for a company called Bitheads. Uh, I know that they're a good tech company and they get lots of real good attention from the media in Ottawa. Um, but they're doing a, uh, I guess a lunch show for those, for those guys. And we're doing it at Bowman's, which is the place that I went to uh, do my shitty open mic for 60 bucks <laughs> with, uh, with Jay and Noreen. I actually just went for drinks and it turns out, Hey, there was a gig. What do you know? So, uh, 
It's going to be at the same location. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a great show. I'm performing with Matt Carter, a good friend of mine in comedy. We start around the same time. Um, and then I uh, pack my shit up and I head to Montreal for the weekend. The forum that we was, uh, I was referring to earlier in the uh, Portable Press uh, article, uh, I will be at the Comedy Nest in Montreal. So any of my Montreal listeners, I uh, will be there Thursday through Saturday night. I'm looking forward to being back there. I love performing at the Comedy Nest. Always great acts. I will be... Uh, you know, hosting for the uh, very funny Graham Chittenden. Um, so you can check out, uh, you just Google, I, I think it's comedynest.com uh, or thecomedynest.com and you can see, uh, you know, get more details. So if you're in the Montreal area and you want to see yours truly, I'm looking forward to being in the city for the weekend. You know, no, uh, no mobile shop, no uh, promo stuff, just being a comedian. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a great weekend. Um, and that's kind of, that's the only thing I've got really of note coming up. You know, there's more work shifts and stuff, you know, when I get back, but until we speak next, the, the big thing I got going is I am out of town, right? Got a show on Thursday and then out of town, just comedy this weekend. And I'm, I'm excited for it. So that's my week that I've got coming up. Um, as always guys, I'd love to know what's going on with you, you know, contact at one man Tell me where you're at. You know, did you ever walk in on your motherfucking, uh, <laughs> just, just, uh, you know, how was your Valentine's day? You know, have you got any goals that are important to you? Are you stuck on anything? Did you hit a wall and you're wondering what's going on with you? You know, maybe people don't want to open up. I get that, but it'd be great to hear from you. I'm feeling a little lonely here, guys. I don't want to get your emails. I want to get back. Uh, I want to get back out there. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of socializing. Um, so, uh, this week, uh, my friend Tiffany has written in and Tiffany writes, Hey Josh, me again, kudos to you for your revela revelation on sales. Hope your new endeavors are amazing. I love your in-depth outlook on movies and book or game content for that matter. Wish I was there to discuss it in person. I am a fan of low budget or not well-known movies. I saw a movie on Netflix called what happened to Monday. I really enjoyed it. Even though it's not an award-winning movie, uh, but love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you haven't, uh, heard of it, here's a blurb. Uh, sorry, I'm reading this wrong. I apologize. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, here's a blurb on it. A world where families are allowed only one child due to overpopulations, resourceful, identical septuplets must avoid governmental execution and dangerous, uh, fighting while investigating the disappearance of one of their own. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely I'll, I'll take a look for that. What happened to Monday? Um, Oh, is it called Sept? Are they seven? Are they Septuplets? I would think that's seven of them. And is it Monday? Like she named all seven of them after a different day of the week. So what happened to Monday is just the name of the kid missing. Uh, hooray, board game cash win. Yeah, fuck yeah. Every time I win money, I love that. I won cash from the roomies. I actually won 60. I get, I get 60 bucks at a Jason lot. I actually won $60 from Jason when uh, him and I went to, I think it was, uh, what the fuck was it called? Eastside Mario's. We we played roll for it at Eastside Mario's. We're sort of out at a bar drinking, rolling dice, and I won sixty bucks off of them that night. I don't know if I told you guys about that. That was fun. I'm I'm enjoying spending time with Jay. I seem to make a lot of money off of it. <laughs> uh LOL, take them for all they got. Haha. <laughs> uh oh, the woman with the shit PR. I'd send a letter to her higher ups. What a woman, really? I'm so sorry you had to deal with her, but hilarious. What a blank 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 oh my god people with solution without solutions yeah i mean she's not the worst i'm not going to try to get her in shit or anything it's just you know at the end of the day they're those those kind of people are annoying they they do make you know a fun job worse by just being a pain in the ass but i mean i'm i'm already over it uh how is your diet going oh well you know pretty good i'm uh, i'm gaining weight uh do you have any plans for lent nope do you do the lent thing nope what about easter nope 
Um, I don't do anything for Easter. I don't eat chocolate anymore. Um, I mean, I haven't quit it or anything. It's the thing, right? Some people give up. Lent's that thing where you give something up. I actually had one guy when I offered him booze this last week who said, uh, no, I gave it up for Lent. <laughs> and I, I, I guess I, like my, my comedian instinct, who's the real me, by the way, when somebody says something like that the real me pipes up in my brain first. And then I always have to be like, shut up. Don't say anything. But yeah. So, I mean, Hey, if you guys give shit up for Lent or whatever, um, you know, more power to you. Uh, apparently I've given up happiness for, no, I'm just joking. What a thing to say. Um, I, let's say, let's pretend I did celebrate Lent. What would I give up? And what would I give up that I think I could do? Cause that's the big thing, right? When you give something up, you can't just be like, I gave it up. And then three days later, you're like, I just had it. Blah, 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 full of shit. If I had to give up something for 30 days, I think the easiest one for me to do would be to give up drinking. I'm trying to think if I could do a type of food, but then, but like, that's the thing is like, I'm such a fucking, I'm so technical and not techie, but like technical. So like, I would find a way to bullshit my way around. Like, oh, I, I said I wouldn't eat, you know, salt, but if I'm eating something that naturally has salt, like you just like, you know what I mean? Like you just fucking lying. Mm. I don't know. I, I think I could do, I think I could do booze, you know, if I had to. Um, you know, but I may, I mean, I'm already, I'm already halfway through, right? Let's have over. I fucking, I, I fucked it up. I'm going to have to wait till next time. Um, but I don't, I don't have any Easter celebrations or, or Lent celebrations. I mean, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm agnostic, but I'm, I'm pretty much atheist. Um, so again, nothing, nothing against people who have religion. Again, I, I've, I've often said I'm very envious of those who, uh, who have faith. I just, um, I just haven't been able to get behind anything I've ever, I've ever seen or heard. If I was to say that I was, you know, religious or spiritual, it would certainly be following the teachings of uh, the Eastern philosophies, Buddhism, Taoism, Taoism, those kind of things. Um, the Eastern, you know, religions were saying things that science have proven long before science proved it, you know, um, those, those philosophies and, and religions have always been, you know, we're all part of the same life source and we're all part of the same energy and, you know, we come from it and we return to it and all that stuff. And they were saying that long before science proved that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It merely changed forms. Um, so again, you know, and, and, and I like the, the concept of the Eastern philosophy. It's not that they're like, hippie pussies or anything, but just the idea is that it, if you believe that we are all the same energy and we are all part of the same universe and, 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 you know, um, I've already said energy, but you know, if we're all part of the same thing, then to hurt someone else is to hurt yourself, you know? So we're all part of some, anyways, I, I can get behind that shit. You know what I mean? As opposed to the, they're not Western religions, but it's, it's more Western and in your face, you know, all of the established religions, that are like, Hey, if you're gay, you go to hell and you're a piece of shit and all that. Like, uh, how, how do you, how do you get behind some, you know, oh, if you cover up, cover up women. And if you eat bacon, you, you go to hell. It's like, really, you know, don't masturbate. That's also a sin. And don't fuck anybody until you're married. Like, I don't know. There's just so many things I can't, I can't get behind there. It really, any religion that hates gay people, I really, I'm so sorry. Everything that, that, that is in the scriptures about, you know, oh, wow, Josh, really, you're going to go off on a religious tirade. Right, I'll make my point. I'm not saying your religions are wrong. Okay. I'm not, you know, uh, if they're right, I will have to stand judgment before God and answer for everything I'm saying right now. 
But I just think, I guess the biggest thing for me is that any religion, most religions say that judgment A is reserved for God, right? God gets to judge who's good and who's bad. You know, page one, top of the fucking index. But then people are always arguing like, well, you shouldn't do this. And they're protesting that. And it's like, then like, if you believe that shit, then you got to know God will take care of it. If they're doing something wrong, it's not on you. Judge not lest ye be judged. God will take care of it. Right? So what are you protesting this shit for? Leave these people alone. They'll get theirs in the end. If it's not, because to me, I'm like, so you're, you're mad at these people whose biggest crime, their biggest crime is loving somebody of the same gender. That's their biggest crime. Loving, even though God made them and God's all about love. They love somebody, but they love the wrong somebody, right? Love your fellow man. You know, nope, not that one though. Love your fellow man as long as you're not a man and he's not a man or she's not a woman and, and, and you're a woman. I don't know. Like that just shit. I just, I you can't get behind that. You know, God made you, made you gay. I guess that's a new argument that people would say, oh, you're not born gay. I, I think you're born gay. Who's, who's born and then goes, you know what? I, I don't like this whole being attracted to women thing. Um, I would much rather, uh, decrease my odds of finding uh, a partner just statistically, right. In terms of availability. Oh, and I want the entire, I want people to fucking make my life miserable and attack me and beat me and berate me and all these things. Thank God the world is going more progressive in that way. Cause I can't, I just, I can't imagine living that way. Like you're, you're, you're fucking persecuted for being yourself. Anyways, fuck whatever. Boo hoo hoo. Get off your soapbox, Josh. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't celebrate fucking Easter and I don't celebrate Lent. Um, I celebrate, I go to the gay, I don't go to the gay pride parades either though. So I, I really don't do anything unless it's for myself. And even then I don't even get off my own ass for myself. You want to go to the gym, go for a walk? Not really, not really. I'll pour myself a, a glass of scotch. Um, <laughs> garlic is great, but my God, don't you feel like you stink? Yeah. Um, I haven't, I've been fucking farting a lot. I've been eating the goddamn garlic cloves and I just fart all the time. Um, it's horrible, but I'm almost out of it and I haven't bought any more. So maybe can, like my, I don't have, I, <laughs> I don't have smelly farts. I just very gassy. Uh, like you can make your own shawarma from what's seeping from your skin. Haha, <laughs> You poor guy. No, I'm, I'm doing okay. Luckily I don't, like I said, I, I don't really feel like I stink. I should, let's put it this way. If I did, the fucking roommates would tell me right away. Uh, anywho, I just thought I'd check in. It's 3 a.m. and listening to uh, the podcast while I feed. Uh, well, sorry, while doing a feed. Uh, yeah, because you just had a kid. Uh, looks like you got a little fan. Cool. I would love to be the first words. One man podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking it'd be cool to have a get to know Josh minute or two and answer a few uh, questions to get to know you. Uh, here are some I saw that I know about. Uh, sorry, here are some. I saw that I know about you that I'd like to know your answers. Uh, or don't tell me and just say, fuck off. LOL. Talk soon, Tiff. Well, I wouldn't say fuck off. And I don't mind answering the questions. Again, this is this is the only part of the show that I know someone might be in, actually interested in listening to. So I, I love answering this shit. So uh, I, I picked nine, nine questions from what you sent me. Uh, you sent me a few. A few of them had like, you know, like, I'll give you an example. Your first question is what is your proudest accomplishment? And then your second, and then question two was, uh, what is your, what is your kid's, you know, proudest accomplishment? So I took the, uh, the kid ones out. Um, but anyways, uh, what is, what is your proudest accomplishment? So, um, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of little victories and stuff like that. I mean, um, 
I lost 50 pounds in three months, a few years back. Um, when Crystal and I first, uh, first split up, um, I lost a lot of weight then I was proud of that, but I've, I've put it, you know, I, I had put it all back on over the, the subsequent following years, you know, not taking care of myself, whatever. Um, so I'm proud, I'm, I'm proud in that moment. I was proud to know that I could do it. I hadn't done it in years. I was always going slowly up the scale, not down. So, um, I went down quick and, and healthy and, uh, and it felt good lifestyle changed with some things and, and, you know, shit happened and it went back up, but, um, I was proud of myself. So I, I always took that. I didn't take it as a failure or anything. All I took it as was, okay, you know, you can do it. You've done it before. You know, you can do it. Um, I'm proud of the personal growth that I've made, um, throughout the time being in the relationship with Crystal. I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of looking inward and, um, and I learned a lot about, you know, um, relationships, love, uh, human interaction, things like that. And, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the, um, receptiveness to all of it is, you know, you try to tell some people how your words make people feel, even if you have no negative intentions, we are capable of hurting each other, even with the best of intentions. Um, I know that there's been times in my life where I've been very, uh, I don't want to say narrow minded, but I've been very stubborn that my perspective on something was correct. Um, the way I thought about something was correct. And, um, I've been, I've been proud of the fact that when I'm, I'm, I've got an openness to learn. I have for, for many years now, since I I first got in my relationship, but, um, I've got an openness to learn now and to, uh, to not cause pain. It's made me a lot less funny. It really has. Cause like right now I'm just talking like I'm in an interview. It's nothing really funny that I'm saying. Uh, but I find the more open I get to stuff, the, uh, the, the calmer I am, the more at peace with things, the way less funny, because a lot of funny comes from anger and pain, right? So instead of just fucking like, like, like last week when I bitched about that chick who was a giant pain in the ass, the show, I was being mad instead of just being like I normally do, which is just like, well, you know, she's, this is important to her and she wants it to go well. And she doesn't understand. That's the thing. I can really use this enlightened shit to talk myself out of any kind of frustration that may lead to a goddamn joke, which is probably another reason I don't write very much. Um, so yeah, it's about happiness is the cure to stand up comedy guys. That's what you can take from this. But, um, in terms of my proudest accomplishment as of late, I have to say that, um, I'm capable of, of making excuses for things and, uh, you know, asking for forgiveness instead of permission. One of the things that I'm very proud of is that I have never missed a date for this podcast, 41 episodes. All right. And that's 41, you know, Wednesdays. Um, I'm 50 something when you count the, all the interviews that I've done, but whenever I do an interview, it always comes out on the Friday morning. When I do a regular episode of the one man podcast, it always comes out on Wednesday. And I always, always make sure that it's there for you guys, you know, around the wee hours of the morning on, uh, on Wednesday. So even though a lot of them haven't been that good, you know, um, there's lots of excuses to not go to the gym and there's lots of times I could say, you know what, I'll just put it out on Thursday and I'll make sure I do it well rested on Wednesday morning. My, I have committed to myself that this will always be available for you guys on Wednesday morning, uh, rain or shine. You know, I, I, there might be some events that come up in my life where I just won't be able to do it, but I'll warn you, I will tell you in advance. I won't disappoint. I mean, the episodes are disappointing, but I mean, I won't, uh, I won't not be there and you guys just have no idea what's going on. You know, I will, I will put it into it. So right now I'm very proud of the fact that I started this podcast. And even though there's a, a lot of times where I go, what am I even saying? 
you know, like today at the mobile shop, I was actually working with my, my good buddy, Alex, uh, we've known each other for years and he's the one who brought me into the mobile shop. Um, he mentioned that he listened to the first episode of the podcast and he's like, yeah, it wasn't for me, but I still, it, you know, still, still download it every week and I'll poke around here and there. I go, well, yeah, of course the first one was, you know, kind of shitty. I'd never done a podcast before. I've never spoke for an hour by myself. You know, it's still not getting any better at it, but I think that I've, I've at least got, you know, little formats, notes and things like that, that, that hopefully move it along in a direction. Um, but you know, hearing that kind of sucks, you know, I, I want this to be a good, uh, product, you know, a, a good thing for you guys entertaining something that you look forward to every week. And I know I've got great listeners like Tiffany, like yourself that, you know, listen every week, you'll reach out to me on Facebook and just sort of let me know. I got lots and lots of great listeners that, that I, I talk with and you guys enjoy it. And I appreciate that. You know, we're always uh, hardest on ourselves, but, uh, in terms of this podcast, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, rain or shine, um, I, I put it out there every week. So, uh, and I have no intention of stopping. I don't care if I get zero downloads an episode, I will keep doing this and keep telling strangers to, to give, you know, give it a try, have a listen, listen to some of the interviews, listen to me run my mouth on weeks, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So yeah, that was just one question. Question two, what is your favorite book to read? Um, there's, uh, so one book comes to mind right away. Uh, that's a book called the war of art. It is all about, um, it's not the art of war by Sun Tzu. It is the, uh, war of art by Steven Pressfield. And it is a book that I have read twice. Um, and it's all about basically battling the creative conflicts. So, you know, the, the, the excuses that we do to not, not do, you know, do our creative things. Um, it's uh, it's a great book. A lot of comics are familiar with it. Um, Brandon McKeegan, a comic that I worked with many times, um, introduced me to it. Um, but it's a great book. It's called the war of art. If you are any kind of creative person, or if you've been meaning to do anything and haven't done it, you need to read this book. Um, it's a quick read. You could read it in a day and, uh, and it really does put perspective on types of things like procrastination, whatnot. It personifies them. Great book. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the question being, what is your favorite book to read? There's only one book in my life that I've read three times. Uh, sorry, one series that I've read three times. I haven't even finished it. But I read uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, and you guys remember me saying how shitty that fucking movie was. Um, don't watch the movie if you haven't read the book, because the book is nothing, nothing like that movie. Um, there's seven seven books. Uh, there's an eighth one that they wrote after the fact. So I've never finished the series. Um, I read The Gunslinger, uh, The Drawing of Three, and The Wastelands, and... I think that that was all that was out when I read them. I think maybe the wizard and glass was, was out, but I hadn't read it. So what happened was years later, I bought the wizard and glass. And I mean, years later, and, um, I hadn't, uh, it had been so long, you know, we're talking like Lord of the Rings style books, big books that before reading the wizard and glass, I'm like, I got to go back and read. I have to go back and read the, the first three again. So I read the gunslinger, the drawing of three, the wastelands. And then I read the wizard in glass and it was great. And I started reading the fifth book, the wolves of the Kala. And that was eight, nine years ago. And so I would like to finish the series and I have started, uh, started reading them again. Um, but I've read the gunslinger now three times. So, uh, it's a great series. I still haven't finished it. Maybe it'll end like most, like a lot of Stephen King books from that time period where it's, you know, out with a whimper instead of a big, like a real nice big, wow, that really ties everything together. 
but uh but the gunslinger is a great book uh and then the dark terror series at least four books deep i can say are outstanding so uh that would be i guess my favorite my favorite book to read but probably the only one i've read three times in my life the gunslinger um what did you want to be when you were small um big everybody wants to be big and now that i'm big i want to be small hey um <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I never wanted to be a comic. I always loved comedy. There was no part of me that ever wanted to be a comedian. I've told that story before. Um, what did I want to be? You know, I wanted to be a director for a while when I was a teenager. I never really had any, uh, that's a weird thing to think of. Eh? Like, cause I, I don't think about like, Hey, when I was young, I wanted to be, I, I don't know. I never thought about it. Um, which is weird. Uh, like I said, when I was, when I was maybe like 13, 14, I wanted to make movies. I always liked doing creative stuff. You know what I think I wanted to do when I was young? I apologize. Just as popped into my head. I used to want to make comic books and write stories. I used to, when I was young, I used to make Clifford, the big red dog stories. If anyone ever read that, I used to, to, to write with crayon and draw my own Clifford books. And I, and I, it's funny. I probably made about 20 or 30 of them. You know, some of them were only, you know, 20 or 30 pages. I think some of them were like 16, but, uh, I remember I would always, I would always staple the books together first. Like I would just put like 20 pages and staple it. And then I would start drawing and, and filling in the book, which is stupid because of your story, you know, I wasn't an editor. All right, we got we got twenty pages. It means by page ten, we got to have the conflict established, and uh, you know you're just writing the stories, and all of a sudden you got two pages left to finish your fucking tale. <laughs> but uh, I think those books are still around somewhere. I will I will see if I can find them. My mom's basement is flooded several times, and I think that's where they would be in a box there. Um, but yeah, I did like Chris Clifford makes a movie. Clifford gets a dog. Or something. I don't. I really don't remember. I. I was obviously a kid. I was plagiarizing a character that already existed, but um, I didn't know anything about that, right? But I. I wrote my own stories. They were. They were. I didn't steal ideas from other Clifford books. I, I made my own. Um, when I got older, I started doing the same thing, but with like comic strips. Um, I remember I like like comic books. I should say. Um, I used to. Uh, I did one called the army ants because the army ants were, were a toy when I was a kid, again, plagiarizing the idea, but I used to, I created these enemies for them called the bubble gum bombers, where it was like these, basically these gumballs with legs and arms and stuff and fucking like Elvis Mohawks. <laughs> I used to draw them and stuff. Um, so the ants would fight the bubble gum bombers and the bubble gum bombers would like shoot gum out of their hands and stuff like that. Kind of like Spider-Man and his webs. Again, I was a young kid. And then I, and then I, uh, I switched it from the bump, like from the army ants. Cause I, at one point I was like, okay, this idea is not mine. I think I was maybe eight or nine, maybe 10. And I was like, okay, this idea is not mine. So I can't ever, you know, make it popular because this is not my characters, the army ants, but the bubble gum bombers were. And, uh, I, uh, I changed it to like the fruit gang or some shit like that. So it's basically just fruits and veggies versus bubble gum, right? Sugar, sugar and candy rots your teeth versus, you know, the healthy shit. And, uh, yeah. And I just drew the true comic books of this, this stuff. You know, I took my time and drew the cells and, and do it. It didn't, uh, you know, pencil first. So I guess, um, to make every single short, easy, honest question, incredibly long, uh, I would say that the earliest thing I wanted to do was, was maybe draw and write, you know, I, that evolved 
you know, when I was like 13, 14, my grandfather had died and left some money and I wanted to, um, I wanted to do, to be a, a, a director. There was parts of me in my life at times that wanted to be an actor, but, uh, it was mostly, I wanted to be a director. I wanted to basically create, uh, I wanted to write it stories and create imagery with it. You know, I like doing the book stuff. I like doing the comic book stuff. Um, and I was like, I want to be a director. I want to, I want to get imagery and I want to mix it with, um, you know, story. I want to write the story too. So I wanted to be, you know, kind of at the helm of all of it. And my, my grandfather died, left some inheritance, not a lot, but I, I used it to buy a very powerful, um, uh, Sony Veo computer way, way long time ago, like 20 years now, more, more than 20 years ago. And, um, I remember went to, to future shop to buy it. And my mom helped me buy a video camera. My mom was very supportive in any creative endeavor I wanted to do. And I would go out and I would record stuff and then I would come home and I would try to learn how to edit it, but I didn't do it all the time. And I remember after a few years, um, of just sort of like, like little bits of playing around here and there. Um, it sort of occurred to me, okay, I'm like, I'm not passionate about this, you know, like people who are, who love making movies, they go out and do it all day, every day in their spare time, of course. Right. Like they spend all their waking moments writing and doing imagery and editing and this and that. And I go, and, and even if they did that, it's like a one in a million chance that they might actually make it. I was just kind of like, I'm not passionate enough about this. And I sort of fizzled out and gave up. I still learned lots of skills and stuff like that, but just, uh, I, I was like, I don't, I'm not passionate about this, you know? Um, I'm, I, I'll be honest now, just having this conversation, but I'm, I'm not, I'm starting to feel that way about comedy. Like I, I am, I enjoy doing it. I love making people laugh. I still get excited to do it. I still am funny. Like that's the thing that I got going from is even when I'm just standing around at my job, I'm still making people laugh and I'm still having a good time with it. So, you know, doing that, I'm still passionate about, it. I do it every single day, every waking moment, except on this podcast, uh, making people laugh. So, um, but it just in terms of, I guess, like the, the going out and the writing and the, you know, making it work and the networking and, and contacting new clubs, like, like I said, I guess just, um, it, but it could just be a funk. I don't want to convince myself I'm not into it. I'm just, uh, just in a funk right now. Jesus. It's like up and down, up and down. Happy, happy, sad. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm menstruating. Um, yeah. Menopause, Josh. Um, so anyways, the, the reason I brought that up is just, yeah, it's, it's, been interesting. Like, what do I, what do I say? Like, am I in a funk? Do I need to, I just need to pull myself out of it. You know, I don't want to give up my dreams. I think like I, I've mentioned before about how just, I guess where I'm at my life, I got to keep looking at my age. The health stuff is there, like all of it. It's just one of those, like, what do I focus on now? You know, I really don't feel like there's enough hours in the day to focus on everything. Oh, I'm just going to write, you know, two or three hours a day. Plus I'm just going to go for walks and prep food. It's like, eventually you go, okay, how are you going to like, that's something I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, about the, uh, when I lost 50 pounds in three months, I was living here at Jason's house. I had very little to pay in rent and, um, and I was just, you know, I, I had money from comedy. I didn't have a car payment or anything like that. So no car payment, no car insurance. Um, 
I, I had very minimal cost per month. So I really was spending like every day I'd get up and I'd go do yoga. Then I would prep, you know, a, my, my breakfast. I would walk to the grocery store and buy my food for the next day or two. Then I would go downtown to the gym and I would work out. I had a personal trainer for a couple of weeks. I would work out with that guy. And a lot of what I learned from him, I would keep doing while I was going to the gym. But I was like, I was all day, every day focused on, on health and, and, and that. And then I would spend the evenings, you know, like reading some stuff or listening to stuff about, uh, you know, relationship development or whatever. So like I, I was living and breathing just self-improvement, but I wasn't working a lot. Like I would do two or three comedy gigs a month and that was enough money to, to pay my rent and pay for everything. And then the rest of the time was just that. So obviously when I moved out and got a roommate and bills went up and things like that, and then the roommate left, um, that I was paying for everything myself, like that, that's what changed. And that, that made me, you know, that, that made me depressed. And of course now I was working at a, at a pizza place you know, so you go from, you know, eating well all the time to working, you know, eight to 10 hours in a pizza place, you get hungry and there's only, you know, you can't take breaks or anything, you know, well, what's in front of you? Oh, Hey, we fucked up this pizza. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm fucking hungry. I'll eat that. And then that's it. You know, when you're on a healthy lifestyle, as soon as you let that, uh, you know, alcohol or bad food back in, it's just, uh, it's over. It's over at that point. So anyways, um, I don't know how the fuck I got started on that big, long tirade, but, uh, the point being is, I'm a little, yeah, I guess that's where I was at is I was, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little confused as to what to do personally for my own, my own growth right now. Um, I'm trying to decide what needs the most attention right now. And I think it's the health. Um, but the other stuff gets in the way. Like I said, I mean, I want to work on my health, want to eat right. But then the relationship loneliness, the, the, what am I doing with my life? Where's my career going? Like that shit will send you, you know, at least for somebody with me, whatever, whatever's wrong with me mentally that, you know, makes me want to eat or whatever. It's the escape, right? You know, you, you, like you eat or you drink, it's like a drug. You feel good when you do it. Um, Hey, anybody know any fucking cheap therapists? Maybe I talk to somebody. Shock therapy. Can we just do like a foodectomy where you just cut the part of my brain out that, 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 you know, notices hunger. And then, uh, when I collapse, on the ground from, from not eating. Someone would just be like, Oh, he's malnourished to hook me to an IV. I, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's frustrating. Sorry guys. Thanks for listening though. If you haven't turned it off already, I do appreciate it. Fuck these questions. Eh, Tiff? I was joking the first time I said to make an, a question long, but every single one of them is really making me look inward. Um, what makes you laugh the most? You know, what makes me laugh when I hear other people say things like I say, so for example, when I went off on that tangent about Black Panther and my mother or start talking about just random things and I hear people's silly thoughts on things like something that you would, you know, if you were, if you had your guard up, you would censor, but when you're just comfortable and you just say goofy shit, when people just say funny things that come into their heads, you know, when they're being human, I love hearing other people's, you know, uh, skewed, skewed views on things, you know, I don't mean incorrect or, or, you know, evil unfair views. I just mean somebody says something silly and, you know, even after you stop and think about it, you just, that makes me laugh. I love when people are being genuine and they're, and they're sharing their, their, uh, you know, silly views on things. Um, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Fucking, if I could, if, hold on, if I could choose to do anything for a day, oh my God, think with just one voice in my head at a time. Like I've always got so many thoughts going on. You, you guys can hear evidence of it in the fucking podcast. Um, I wish I could just stay a little focused, you know, I just feel so anxious and, uh, and distracted all the time. 
Uh, in terms of an activity, I would really like to just read. I find reading very, very hard. Uh, <laughs> you guys have heard me read out loud. You know, I, I don't find it super difficult. What I mean is just, it's very distracting. Like I need to put on, I need to put earbuds in and play music when I read to just sort of distract the other thoughts in my head. Like I want to just read and retain it. Like the amount of times I've read books, you know, like, a, like I'm reading a book and I reread the same paragraph over and over again, just because I'll read it. And I've, all the words came into my head, but I was thinking of something else and I have to go back and reread it again and go back and reread it again. And I just keep going, fuck, stop. And just, just read this. I don't know if that happens to you guys, you know, tell me if it does, please. I, I'd love to not feel alone in it. Um, but yeah, um, I'd love to, I'd love to read for a day read and, and not be distracted. That would make me very, very happy. Um, I think I'd love to spend a day just going for a nice long, as, as like, it sounds like a, a dating profile, but it's not, I would love to just go for a nice long walk comfortably. You know, I'm a big dude. And after walking for a few hours, I start to get, you know, sore and pain and stuff, but I, I do enjoy walking. You know, I'm, I'm talking like a couple hours. Like I, I, I go for wall long walks and, and stuff like that. But, um, I'd love to just spend a day walking, seeing new things. Kind of like that story that Jimmy and uh, Mika shared with us when we were, we went on the boat. That was just us leaving the house. We went for a walk. I think we walked for two, three hours and then we walked two, three hours back. Um, I love that. I love that. Just sort of just moving and, and reflecting anyways, blah, 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 blah. It's uh, what is it? The endorphins and stuff like that. Your body releases shit like that when you're, when you're doing exercise and whatnot. So, uh, reading and walking. That, that would be great if I could spend the day reading and walking. It's just hard. What is your favorite game or sport to watch and play? I went from being a football fan in high school to a hockey fan. One of Ottawa's uh, first runs for the cup, I think we played Philly, then the Islanders, um, and then the New Jersey Devils. It was our first time you know, on a really good looking run for the cup. Now I could be wrong. It could have been the Islanders, then Philly, then New Jersey Devils. But I know what it ended with New Jersey Devils. Martin Brodeur was uh, in the net there for the Jersey Devil. Um, but uh, I, I remember that. And what I thought was super cool with that was when I was a football fan, I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm like, cool, me in Ottawa, them in the bottom of the States. Uh, never going to be going to like, you know, at the time I'm like, it's going to be really hard for me to go to a, a Dallas Cowboys game. They're probably like the Toronto Maple Leafs too, where it's like impossible to get tickets. But, uh, I remember just when I was watching the Sens, I was like, Oh fuck, this is, this is like a group of people. Like I gotta actually go see a game. This fucking happens in my city. Um, so yeah, I mean, I enjoy watching hockey. I don't think I, I mean, I don't play it. It's an expensive sport to get into because there's a lot of gear. Um, I definitely enjoyed playing the video game versions of hockey. And I was more of a fan of the 2K hockey series than the EA. And I think the 2K series is gone now. So congratulations, EA. You destroyed them. Um, would you rather ride a bike, ride a horse, or drive a car? If my choice is as a mode of transportation, car easily. Um, I, I think that's what the uh, question is. But if, but I was like, oh, if I was just talking about like one time, I mean, it'd be great to ride a horse, but I wouldn't want to do it all the time. Uh, and like a bike again, it's not a one shot deal. Cause it would be like, you know, if you just had one chance to ride a bike, you know, I don't think anybody, yeah. Like if we're talking, yeah, motor transportation, a car, I got to get places. Uh, what would you sing at karaoke night? I have sung karaoke a few times in my life. Uh, and I tend to go with the song use me by bill withers. Great song. Look it up. If you'd like to hear it. Uh, what two radio stations do you listen to in the car? The most I listen to, 
Uh, I've satellite radio in the car and I listen to the stand-up comedy stations, but those obviously go without saying. Um, I listen to a station called Classic Rewind, which is um, basically like the cassette era is what they call it. The cassette era rock. So not the like 50s, 60s, 70s stuff, but like 70s, 80s, 90s rock. Um, Great station. I also listen to another station called uh, Chill, which is kind of like, I don't want to say it's like techno, but it's like kind of like a BPM, but mellow, mellow sort of beats kind of uh, of station. Um, I actually have quite a few stations on there that I like, but I like, I like the beat, the chill beats per minutes. Cause it sort of keeps me, um, a little bit higher energy without being like techno. I don't like techno, uh, techno. I don't like house music, but sometimes when I do a lot of driving, I want something with a little bit of a beat in it, but still kind of mellow. I really like good music, you know, like, like melodies and stuff like that. So, um, I listen to the coffee house station. It's a, uh, unplugged version of a lot of popular songs. Um, so you'll hear stuff. I mean, there's a lot of Tracy Chapman stuff, whatever, but you could hear something like you'd hear Ed Sheeran playing a song that has a lot of, you know, computers and shit in it. And it, he's just him with his guitar doing an acoustic version of it. So, uh, coffee house, a lot of acoustic music. I enjoy that one. I listen to, uh, what else do I listen to? I listen to real jazz. I love jazz music. Um, if there was a bossa Nova station, I would listen to that. And then I have a spa channel. I listen to I actually go to sleep, listening to that. So there you go. There's, there's my stuff. Um, and that's, that was your questions. So I'm sorry I took forever to, uh, to answer them, but I really, um, I appreciated that. I really enjoyed that. It was kind of fun to, uh, you know, go a little deep into myself, you know, shy of radio stations, whatever. Um, guys, if you want me to take 40 minutes to answer one of your emails, send them into contact at one man Um, Thanks for listening. If you really sat through this entire episode and stayed engaged with it, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, I, I never know if anything I'm saying is interesting, but I appreciate the fact that you guys are out there listening to it. And I hope this was mildly entertaining. I hope you know your, uh, your buddy, Josh, a little bit better now. Anyone who's first listened to this, if it was your first time listening and you stayed all the way to the end, you must've been really busy doing something else. Uh, <laughs> but listen, thank you all. Uh, for listening. Uh, I love you guys. You guys know I love you. Um, Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, There's a YouTube channel that someday I will get up to date. Um, It's way behind. But uh, have a great week, guys. I'm headed to Montreal. Hope you're good. We will talk to you again next time. 